Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 28th of November, 2013, Thanksgiving Day for all of our American listeners. And uh, I'll just jump right in here on behalf of webmasterradio.fm. Dave Davies from from Beanstalk SEO and the entire crew from Digital Always Media. We wish you a happy, healthy, and most importantly, a safe Thanksgiving. Now, we promised you a show that would make your right-wing uncle or your left-wing nephew shut the hell up, and we're going to give it to you. We have, uh, a little later on in the show, we're going to be talking about Google authorship. I mean, Dave, Dave, think about this for a sec, Dave. Google has set up a virtual market using this authorship tab, this this authorship authorship designation. We live in a, uh, you know, we live in the information age where... Your brain power is your commodity, the thing that you sell. And a lot of people who were web, who were web designers at one time are now copywriters. Well, Google's given us authorship. You know, I wrote that copy. I can claim that's my copy. I'm a really good copywriter. We know because my copy has been successful. We know that because, heck, Google me. You can see all the stuff I've written. So, yep. you know, in a way, Google is setting up what looks to be the foundation of a marketplace using Google authorship. And an interesting question came up from a, from a newer SEO from the West Coast. Should I be claiming copy I write on a client's site under my authorship? It's high-quality copy. I just want to be clear who I should give the authorization of it to. So we have Jeff Ferguson. Ryan Jones and Bria Jordan, they're going to be talking about that in our next segment. It's been a uh, pretty interesting week in the news. Uh, uh, I don't know, you know a good place to start? you got to fight for your right to parody these days, eh? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. A little bit of context. The company Goldie Blocks produced a video to the song, to the BC Boys song, Girls. The thing is, they changed the lyrics. Now, Goldie Blocks is a company that builds STEM toys, science, technology, engineering, and math-related toys for girls. I, you know, I think a lot of us in, in, the, in, the, in the tech world have, have been saying for a long time there's uh, not a lot of, or there's women are way underrepresented in our field, and they're way rep- underrepresented in the science, math, education, technology fields. And uh, Goldilocks is trying to change that. Instead of having, you know, pink-themed princess toys, they want toys that, or they create toys that 
make girls interested in science, in engineering, in, in math, and, in, and, of course, in technology. So they made, you know, I think anyone who saw it would think this was a brilliant commercial. You know, this, you know the one, the, they, they changed the lyrics to, to, to girls, and they made that big Rube Goldberg contraption, and they had all these, like, you know, traditional girls' toys made, you know, fashioned into the, the Rube Goldberg contraption. There was only yep. one problem with this brilliant, and it was a great video. And to be honest, the honest truth is, Dave, I like their version of the song Girls better than the Beastie Boys version. Because, you know, if I, if I want to be thinking something in the back of my mind, I want to th- be thinking something positive, not something misogynist. But it seems that Goldie, Bro- Goldie Bricks, Goldie Blocks, sorry, Goldie Blocks did not ask for permission from the Beastie Boys to use this song. And if they had, they would have probably been rejected because on his. You know, at, at the beginning, the Beastie Boys said we would never have our, our material used for, for commercial purposes. And on his deathbed, one of his final wishes, um, MC Adam, Adam Yock, said straight out, we, I, I don't want my material used for commercials. <sighs> okay, so the Beastie Boys write a polite, non-legal letter saying, hey, what are you doing? And Goldie Blocks sues them. <laughs> preemptively. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Dave? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I didn't even know what to make of that, really. Like, it, it was, I, I'd seen the video before this all, before this all came out. It, it went, but, you know, I was one of the 8 million people that saw it. Um, and not knowing, you know, sort of the, the backstory of it, I thought, and I'm sure uh, everybody who watched it did, pretty bright. Like, it, it was, it was, it was a bright take on a um, well-known song, and to me, um, it was just like, and perfectly targeted because a bunch of the people that have the girls of that age were, you know, sort of 13, 14, 15, you know, in that age group to know that song. <laughs> like it's, it, it just, it hits the parents. Yes. It, it was perfect. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it was, it was a really, really bad call. Um, and I mean, to me, initial response, I mean, to to sue them is kind of ridiculous like to to sue the beastie boys that that's just kind of ridiculous i mean i think any and and anybody who's on on you know (laughs) on the the skype right now uh you know with us here on the show would would probably agree the initial reaction at least in my take should have been were i them hey let's not sue because that's not going to look great (laughs) uh but to come back with a response so good, so positive, and, and just put this in such a nice wrapper that the Beastie Boys will now look like uh, jerks if they sue, right? Like, what they should have done has been so great in their response that, you know, and pull the ad, you know, and do that sort of stuff, but but make it a, an environment where, okay, now now they can't sue you either, right? <laughs> like, because well, they'll look like jerks. So, um, you know, I, I think here they're just they're just asking for trouble, and I already have a negative connotation because of the audacity to sue somebody for their own work. As it as it stands, as uh, we've we've received updates uh, during during the last couple of hours, and as it stands, the Goldie Goldie Blocks company has pulled the video. They've apologized to the Beastie Boys, although many would interpret it as a rather passive aggressive apology. Um, it, it appeared that that Goldie Goldie Blocks played role of the victim. We're just a very small company. We really didn't mean to offend anybody. We didn't think we'd piss you off. We thought you were supporters of girls. But we pulled the video, 
and we're not going to sue you, provided you don't sue us. That that was Goldie Goldie Block's response. My problem, uh, but much like you say, Dave, is they didn't ask for permission in the first place. Right. right. And you know, I, I know a lot of us cut our teeth on an internet where like everything was there for the taking and it was free. But then we all sort of grew up and became content creators. <laughs> and, you know, when you get paid for the content you create, your, uh, your ideas on borrowing other people's content change, changes right quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, I, I think the – this is Jeff Ferguson, by the way. So they – I think the, the way it got handled in a couple different ways was that they – you know, the Electronic Frontier Foundation got involved – uh, and they came back and, and you know, kind of posed this as this really strong, hey, we've got a solid legal argument for why, um, you know, this is considered a parody and whatever it is. But the problem is, is that they they did it under the guise of saying, hey, look, it's okay that we're, we're using this for commercial purposes because um, the original girl song was so misogynistic. And, and unfortunately, it's kind of like, that's, that's actually not a reason why you can do something. Yeah, it's, it's, and it was really funny to read it. So I, I read the, you know, the official like write up that it, that EFF did and, and you're sitting there going, Hey, look, uh, you know, nobody can agree. And, and, and whether or not, um, the Beast Boys were being intentionally misogynistic to be funny or if they, because I, I honestly don't think these guys are, are that sexist. I think it's something where they're doing it as a gag as they did on a lot of their early albums. Oh, no, no, actually, actually, yeah. Jeff, the yeah, Beast yeah. Boys long yeah. ago denounced that song. They, yeah. They, they thought it was sexist, yeah, but yeah. they were stupid kids when they, when they recorded it. Exactly. You know? So it's it's one of these where they go, hey, look, it's, it is what it is, and it's old, and it was a different us, and we're grown up now, and sorry, right? You know, so they approach it from that angle, but, um, they, you know, for for you know goldie blocks or eff to kind of show up and says hey look the whole reason that we can actually tear this into it and and use it without permission and stuff is because it was so bad before uh you know it's like hey look it's you, you can't really judge the content as a reason to um use it without somebody's permission you know and, and so it's it was it was handled wrong on a lot of different fronts you know it's like it's one of these where like it, like uh, dave was saying it's like they should have just like quietly backed out and said Sorry, sorry, you know, and at that point, you got to think about it as this is how bad the PR was for it, is that they had already gotten everything they wanted out of it. Like, the, you know, Goldie Blocks had already gone viral with it. Um, they, their sales probably skyrocketed. They probably got tons of exposure out of this thing. By that point, it was already on its way out. All they needed to do was go, hey, sorry, uh, we should have asked first. We're apologies. We'll back off. And and made everybody look good, but in the meanwhile, they had to look like jerks and come back and say, "No, no, we can do this because you know the song was misogynistic and that's just it was bad well, PR." I'm, yeah. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you, Jeff. I think that yeah. was a form. It was all when I first saw it, and I, I first heard about the controversy. I thought, "Man, this has got to be guerrilla marketing. They're coming in here, they're striking, and they're going to be Eddie here before you know any real legal repercussions happen." But that earworm is now in my head. You know, I'm not going to forget their message. Um, and you know what? I think they I think they've still accomplished that because two or three weeks from now, when people are shopping for their kids, you know, I'm pretty sure that Goldie Blocks will be remembered positively, even yeah. after the last couple of days. Yeah, I bought into it. I've got a six year old daughter, and I was going, hey, I'll, I'm all for it. Let's let's do this." But. I'll tell you one thing: if regardless of what happens with Goldie Blocks, if this helps push toy makers to you know create stuff. For, for, for girls or for boys that get them interested in science, technology, uh, mathematics. Um, uh, what was the E? Oh, I forget this stuff. Anyway, um, engineering, that's the one. Then this whole sad story will be a, uh, a, a small success. You know, maybe it's true. 
that girls don't need princess stuff. They need a slide ruler. Because that's, you know, because that's where the fun is. Okay, what else do we got here, guys? We have um, Google wants to write your social messages for you by Jennifer Slag in today's, or in yesterday's <laughs> Search Engine Watch. What? Yeah. Yeah, I know they, they've uh, they filed for a, uh, or they filed a patent um, that basically um, would monitor, uh, well, of course, everything Google monitors, right? Your, your search, your, uh, your emails, your social media, um, and basically come up with, I'll just say, systems and methods, because that's used in every patent, um, you know, to, to basically determine for you what you would say next in your language, which things you would reply to, and then actually craft and post those replies for you. Um, setting up an environment, to me, which I find funny, where bots would just talk to, them, to each other, <laughs> um, which I find interesting. But then I was like, you know what the title of this article should have been is Google comes out on the side of bot-written content. Indeed. Um, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> like, honestly, this is... Uh... You know, Google is trying to put me out of business six ways to Sunday, isn't it? Whoa. <laughs> um, to me, and, and I'd be really interested in hearing, uh, Jim, what you have to say and, and our, our guests on the line right now. To me, I don't think that this is – like they will. They, I could see them testing it out in social. I don't think this is a patent built for social. Um, I think it is a patent to test their ability to understand your language in crafting the next generation of – um, sort of interactive devices. Um, so if they can get a good feel and a good confidence that they understand how you speak, um, then they're going to have a better understanding of how they should speak to you and, and how their messages to you should should be crafted. So I don't think this is actually a patent to do that. I think it's more a, a next-generation AI um, device. If, 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 if I get where you're going with this, Google's trying to figure out how my phone should talk to me, how my uh, my household devices should talk to me, how my toaster and dryer should should reference me. How your car should could uh, should talk to you? Yeah, I, that's where I think they're going with this. I mean, of course, this is like really early on; it was just filed, right? <laughs> but that's what I had to guess because it, in and of itself, for this function, makes no sense. I, it, there's there's no value to Google of all you know. At the end of the day, it, it all boils down to that because it's their patent. Um, there, there's no really inherent value to them in you using bots to to talk to other people or bots. So. Um, I figure this can only be a a testing ground for their for the next generation of of AI. I saw your social media post and thought it of great value. We'll continue <laughs> to read this profile vigorously. <laughs> like, excellent. <laughs> well, one of the problems I do see in that, like I would never let this thing go, is I'll interact very very differently with a few of my friends, and I may use language in communicating with a few of my friends that, you know, sure, it'd be in a public thing, but it's, it's clearly in this fixed grouping of people. And then are, are, is Google going to mix up and use that same language in a communication with a client? Like, I think that, that's a slippery slope that you could, you could head down and, and cause some, uh, you know, serious problems if it starts drawing a Jesse Pinkman reference um, and, and maybe his language and, and putting that out to a client. Uh, I could see that causing Get rid some of those flings, biatch! <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> oh my! Okay, you know what? Uh, we'll see where this one goes. Um, it's 
it was it's just a patent that somebody's noticed. No one's actually seen this out there in the ecosystem yet. Um, I don't know. Maybe if it passes the Turing test, maybe we'll actually be able to have a conversation with it, and we won't even know if we see it in the ecosystem. Um, but again, my stomach doesn't feel very good about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess the thing to uh, to put your mind at rest is, is you got to remember, like nine times out of ten, the the worst case scenarios that are pointed, painted about the the new patents that come through about Google or anybody else, like never actually do anything, right? They're never actually that evil or evil or that you know, it's it's just something where I, I think our our we create our own wor- worst nightmares when it comes to Google. In a lot of ways, well, as far as like what it is, and and uh, usually what actually happens is like, nah, it turns out it was just something screw or playing with, and and that's all there is to it, or or you know, it just it just never it never goes there. I, I think that's the the thing I I'll always point out, and that's with a lot of things. But uh, well, you know, that's that's a good segue into into the next thing I want to talk about, yeah. Jeff. Um, you and I were you and I were actually chatting about it earlier. Um, earlier today on Facebook, Brett Payne. I'm sorry, earlier yesterday on Facebook, Brett Payne. From Chicago, put up a uh, an image of a Google search, a Google search results page he uh, he found, and this one was this one was interesting. Check this out, Dave. Have, have you seen this in Victoria yet? Um, Google has in some of their search results pages, and it appears that they're ABC testing um, the look of the search result page, the SERPs. The one that Brett posted, and, and I confirm that I'm seeing this in Toronto, doesn't have any pastel shading behind. And you know the pastel background that used to come up behind the the clear advertisements, either at the top of the page or running down the right hand side of the page. Now it's just a little yellow box that reads AD ad. So they're they're unshaded, but they're still clearly marked with this little yellow box reading ad. And, and yes, and I have seen this. Yeah. Yeah, well we see it in Los Angeles, so Yeah, I'm so seeing it here in the, Detroit too. There's the paranoia going around the SEO community. Um, Google's trying to obfuscate what is paid and what isn't paid, trying to push those, you know, very clear organic rankings down the page as far as it can. Oh my goodness, um, the ceiling's falling. The ceiling's falling. What, what, what do y'all think? Um, I'll, I'll weigh in first. I guess I like it, like personally. Um, and it, it's funny. I, I have the exact opposite approach um, that you do. Uh, to it, where I had found that on so many monitors, on so many devices, the hues that they were using to delineate their advertising areas essentially sort of blended too much. Um, and I, I couldn't actually tell. Here it's really, really clear. And I, I'd first noticed um, the ad box on a mobile device. And it, to me, it, it actually is, is making it much more clear to the user. Um, and and it transitions to mobile really really <laughs> as well. But um, I, I'd say from a, from a user standpoint and a clarity standpoint, I like it. Um, I I find it to be a, a better a better solution for them. Okay, well, we'll see what they come up with next. I, what I'm figuring is what I, what I think they should really do, Dave. I think they're going to get rid of that pastel background altogether. But I also think that as long as you're logged into a Google service, say, you know, Gmail or Google Analytics or whatever, and you have an Android device, I think, I think that Google should develop an app. Whenever I roll my mouse over this little yellow ad or, or the pastel shaded area, my phone should yell, hey, boyo, click that. You know what's good for you? Click that. <laughs> they would make so much money. <laughs> so, Google, that's another five bucks you owe us here at webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> We keep doing your job for you here on this show. 
but that's okay. We're happy to. Speaking of owing us five bucks, well, we got to go collect some money. Uh, friends, you're listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. I'm joined, this, I'm joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're coming back with a, with, with, with a fun conversation slash debate. We have Bria Jordan, Ryan Jones, and Jeff Ferguson. They're going to be joining, joining us to talk about Google authorship right after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report, your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. From Capitol Hill to the White House, the Courthouse to the State House, the FTC to the State Attorney General, the Cyber Law and Business Report, on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 28th of November, 2013, Thanksgiving Day, and I'm thankful for all of you listening in on uh, what I'm hoping is a great day with your families, friends, and loved ones. Speaking of family, friends, and loved ones, we're joined by Bria Jordan from Digital Always Media, Ryan Ryan Jones from Sapient Nitro, and Jeff Ferguson from Fang Digital. Bria, Ryan, Jeff, welcome to Webcology. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, thanks. Okay, now, I I want you all to come on because uh, about two weeks ago I was asked a a question from... um, 
a, uh, I'm sorry, last week I was asked a question from a newer SEO, a fellow from the West Coast, uh, Chris Hawkins. And Chris asked, and I'm, I'm quoting the, I'm quoting directly, Google authorship. Should I be claiming copy? I write on a client's site under my authorship. It's high quality copy. I just want to be clear who I should give the authorization of it to. Now, before we get into the the conversation about who should do what with whom and what copy, I want to set the stage a little bit. And um, Bria Jordan is Digital Always Media's resident expert on Google+. She came into the industry uh, just after Google introduced Google+, and so it's been part of her career from day one. So, so Bree, if I can give, you, if I can get you to give us the quick elevator pitch, what is Google, What is the authorship part of Google Plus? Um, well, pretty simply, it's just a process of authenticating author identity and work. Um, it's done through Google Plus in conjunction with the site in question. Um, basically, all it does is that it promotes quality content and the source of that quality content, um, and it kind of increases trustworthiness for the consumer while influencing search results and adding rich snippets to search result text. So as a, as a copy writer, somebody who produces copy, what do, what, would you, what do you get out of being associated with that copy? Well, number one, I get uh, an increased visibility for both um, the company I'm representing and my own self. It also provides a link to other copy that I've written. So if people like what they've seen, they can go and explore other things that I've done and see what else I'm doing. So it also really establishes their trust in me as a source. Okay, and that's and, increased it for the, um, the person I'm representing. And as we came into the show, that's what I was getting at when I said that Google is providing what appears to be the, the rudiments of a foundation for a marketplace for people who are copy writers. And people who are copy writers should be able to claim some form of, well, uh, I'm not sure what the word, what the right word is, but some form, get some form of credibility for good work they've done for clients in the past. And it appears authorship is, is the way to assign that piece of work to you, the individual. Would, would that be correct, Bray? I would say so. I'm, you could also look at it as very much um, a, a the basis for intellectual property. Um, because, like we said with the, the new user who asked you that question, sometimes it can be debated whether or not it's the ownership belongs to the cop, the person who paid for it, or if it actually belongs to the person who created it. And I think that's more of the discussion that this will probably be moving to, because even if you're not getting paid, you know, it is still yours by creation. So, it okay. could be a very basic legal argument. So... My first response was, well, I know the answer. Well, if you, if you sell it to somebody, they own it. But then I thought for a second, and I thought, I, I really got to crowdsource this answer before I, before I reply to Chris or before we take it on the show. And um, so, so I did, and I got a lot of responses. Two people who I know personally in the industry, Ryan Jones, uh, again, from uh, Sapient Nitro. He's based in Detroit. And Jeff Ferguson from Fang Digital, based in Los Angeles, they gave answers on different sides of the spectrum. Ryan's first answer in this thread was, if the client pays for it, it's their content. Jeff's first answer was, well, it depends on the contract. So I want to bring, I, I, I would like to bring Ryan and, uh, and Jeff in, starting with Ryan. So Ryan, 
how, what do you think? Have your feelings changed in, in the process of the conversation on Facebook or in the process of this conversation? Are you still in the place where if the client paid for it, it's theirs? Um, uh, yeah, for the most part. I think the client gets to dictate. Um, you know, if they paid for it and they want it to be theirs, it's theirs. Um, I think, you know, to Jeff's point, and I'll let him rebut in a minute, is, uh, you know, get the wording in the contract. Uh, it's it's totally up to the client if they want your name and face appearing in the search results next to the content you wrote for them or whether they want you associated with it, you know. In my personal case, you guys have seen my Twitter account. Some clients might not want my face showing next to their, uh, <laughs> next to their content, right? <laughs> and I couldn't blame point. them for that. <laughs> so... You need that, you know, it's it's whether or not they're comfortable with it. And I, I think it's definitely something that needs to be thought of in the contract. And on the on the reverse case, I might not want my face on a client, you know. I've written content for clients um, that, you know, are, are areas like, I'll give an example. When I used to freelance, I did content for a client that was a women's health clinic. And I don't really want, you know, that content associated with me as a person, uh, even though I wrote it. You know, it's good content and whatnot, but it's still, it's not my area of expertise. It's not my topic. It's... It's not what I'm talking about on the web for most of the day. So I think it goes both ways, too. Okay, Jeff. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, he and I, Ryan and I are pretty close on this front. It's really, it's a matter of, of how that contract is actually structured. I mean, we're, um, we're a market agency. We have, a, we have copywriters on staff. Uh, that work for us, and we've actually worked with some outside bloggers over the years, and and you know hired people to you know paid people to create content for it, but it was really specific, and we had to be very specific in the contract, and it wasn't for authorship; it was just kind of like, hey, this is the way the way we're going to approach things. Is that you know we we had people say, look, you're writing as Fang Digital Marketing. Um, you're you're the voice of the blog in this instance, and I've got it plenty of times where um, I'm writing as me as Jeff Ferguson, and I do it on Fang Digital. Or I've done it on other websites as guest posts and things like that, and and it's one of the things where you're going, hey, look, this is the way it's happening. I'm not writing as your company. I'm not doing this. Um, you know, the authorship should be this, and that's all there is to it. If they're if that site is smart enough to actually have those things in place, but you know, it's one of the things where Fang, when we're hiring people to do certain things, um, we have plenty of people that approach us and say, hey, I'd love to do a guest post. And we'll go, great, um, you can do that guest post and we'll put you up and we'll set the authorship tags and that's all there is to it. But we've got plenty of other ones where they come back and say, you know, hey, we're just trying to, I'm just trying to get some, you know, beer money or whatever it is. And I'm trying to write something and we have them clean up work or whatever. And they do it as Fang Digital. And so we never set that authorship tag. And that's the specific way to do it. I think for an author to come back later on and say, hey, um, you know, you should set that authorship tag because I wrote this. And I go, well, no, that, that wasn't the way the contract was set up. It was really specific, and we did that on purpose. So it's it's not. I don't, unfortunately, it's it's not one of those black and white issues. It's it's however things were established, like going in the door, uh, and you really can't go back and change it unless that's something where they're okay with you changing it later on. But uh, we're we're usually not. That's the. I mean, we we don't want to change it back. That's the way we developed it. So okay. Well, Ryan, Ryan, I aside from the comment you made about not necessarily wanting your you know or your photo associated with the women's health clinic or perhaps the women's health clinic wanting your your photo associated with the content on their page i i want to think about um moving into a world where again people are selling their writing skills as a commodity yeah i, I see that being one of the rising um areas of employment for people on the web and sh- it just strikes me that authorship is a way is a way of authentically proving. Yeah, I got my chops. I got the chops, and I'm worth this much. What would you say about that? So, 
Yeah, and this isn't an old issue. Um, it's, it's, I've seen this before, and I'll get into that in a minute if we have time. But I think we as an industry, as in the search marketing industry, have a couple unique um, situations we'll face with this, this issue of, of content ownership and, and authorship and whatnot that other areas don't. And that's one of those is most companies in our, in our space don't readily admit who their SEO or who their, who their marketing agency is. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's kind of a big secret. No one wants to really go out there and, and say who's our agency and who's doing our SEO for us and who's writing our content. It, it's kind of hidden in a lot of companies. Um, and so that we have to cross that barrier. And the other issue, too, with, you know, with, with, the, with the ownership of the, of the content and whatnot is, you know, I'll give it a personal example. In my career, I've written and worked for uh, two of the big three auto manufacturers. Um, and can you imagine how the search results would look if you searched for new cars <laughs> and my picture showed up on both companies, right? <laughs> so, um, you get into those kind of issues, too, is what happens when the employee leaves or when they hire a new agency or whatnot and there's a transition, what happens then? Okay. Um, we're going to have to go to break in a second. But before we, before we do, Bree, you're new in the industry. Anything you write, anything you get your author, your tag on, your authorship on will be really beneficial in, in, the, in the coming years. At the same time, you just heard Ryan say, um, GM and Ford don't want his mug in first and second representing their products on, right on top of each other. What do you think? Well, I, I totally get where Ryan's coming from, and I actually do agree. Um, but like I said earlier, I think part of it, I feel, is an intellectual property issue. And, yeah, they, they own it, but I created it. It would not be theirs to benefit from if we did not put it out there. So I think to a point, you have to be very clear with, um, with the contracts, like Jeff was saying. Otherwise, you could be in for a real fight. I mean, personally... Right now, for me, it's really important to build my authorship because, you know, I'm years behind everyone else, heck, even on this call. And, you know, this is the building blocks of my career as the, the area currently lies. So what other options are there for young people in this industry other than to build authorship and create consistency in terms of building their own reputation? Because if I don't have that, how do I grow? Okay, I, we're going to have to think about that over the next couple of minutes as we take another break here on Webcology. Friends, you're listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's Thanksgiving Day, the 28th of November, 2013, and we all have an amazing long weekend ahead of us. So for the next two minutes, let's just chill to some commercials. We'll be back talking about authorship on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. <laughs> I feel like we should get keyboard chat to play us <laughs> Brasco, before we jump back in, uh, how much time do we have in this segment? What are we um, looking at? Um, one second right now. Uh, 12 minutes this segment. It's like kind of coming back our 40. We've done like 30 some odd minutes of. 35 minutes so far, yeah. Wow. We rock, guys. <laughs> and you thought this would okay. be short. We yeah, can battle. Congrats. You're singing. <laughs> yeah, we went through real. We went through a lot. Of, uh, and we took the one break late. So we're now back in our normal time. So now about, about 12 minutes left. Uh, about how many times? Sorry? 12 minutes left. 12 or 20? 12. Good. Okay, twelve. I can do twenty. I'm not sure where we're going. No, no, no. Um, twelve minutes left. I, we can, I we can we play gotta... the uh, the girls' parody over and over until we, we get sued. We can't because it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. We can't get it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not there. 
Somebody's, somebody's got it. I was going to say, this is the internet. Nothing is gone. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, send out Rob, we'll send Rob Ford's minions out for it. Maybe they'll yeah. find it. Check Vivo. Okay. They keep up stuff forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hang on, folks. Uh, I'll hit the rejoinder back, and we can begin. Thank you, sir. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few... You have made it to the Merchant Help Desk. We'll break down ways to succeed in your online marketing operation. SEO for e-commerce, legal issues, PCI compliance, and more. Merchant Help Desk, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm, rounding out the hour on Thanksgiving Day, the 28th of November, 2013. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and we're joined by Bria Jordan from Digital Always Media, Ryan Jones from Sapient Nitro, and Jeff Ferguson from Fang Digital Interactive, and uh, we're talking about Google Authorship. <coughs> now, uh, before, before we jump back into it, Dave, are you using Authorship on pages for uh, Beanstalk or for your clients? Yep. <laughs> wow. Now, what would you think of me if I'd said no? Well, I think, I think you spiked my follow-up question had you said no. <laughs> the question, the follow-up question, I, I expected you to say yes, so I had this one in my back pocket. 
Are you seeing benefit from it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, mainly, and and uh, I, I'd be really interested in hearing what uh, what our guests think on this one and what you do, Jim. Um, I haven't seen a significant ranking improvement, i.e., turn turn it on, um, and 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 see ranking changes. Not so much, but definitely on the click throughs. Okay. Now again, I I kind of expected that as well. So here's another follow-up to that, and this, this is one that I'm, I'm throwing out there for the guests to hear, too. Who's, who should get the benefit of those click-throughs? Are they coming through because Dave Davies wrote this here, 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 and there? Like, for instance, you're published frequently at Search Engine Watch. Yeah. Um, last week, you were referred to as Canada's web guru. Oh, sorry, Candace, SEO guru. Um, I forget who called you that. I just wanted to get that in. It's fun. <laughs> it's a lovely picture, by the way. Um, so, and, you know, you, you, you're published in a number of different industry magazines. Um, I, we know how much work has gone into a search engine watch over the last 15 years, and you're benefiting from, from their clicks. Yeah. It's great. Um, and, and I mean, uh, here's, here's an area where I don't know, but I can extrapolate. Um, and, and again, I, I would be really interested here, and, and there may even be stuff out there I don't know about the data collected at this point. Um, one has to believe um, that if you get your authorship on, say, let's go with our industry hub, search engine watch, um, and then Google knows hey, you know, he writes for Search Engine Watch, and oh, hey, he writes for whatever, Examiner, and then, hey, he writes for Beanstalk's blog. I can't help but think (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that this transition's over and that this understanding of the way, okay, you know, this author, Dave Davies, is trusted by Search Engine Watch, who we already trust, so that means that when he writes over here, um, you know, we should we'll give a benefit of a doubt and assume that we can trust it over there, which is, I think, one of the points um, that we're discussing here in in using it. Is that something that we transition over to our clients? Not just, hey, I want to take credit for their content, but going, I am already trusted. So now when I'm writing something for your website, um, I can then pass that trust over onto you, at least in the context of these specific pieces of content that I've, I've attached to my Relico's author tag, um, you know, and, and sort of pass that trust over. That's a question I want to throw over to Bree. If uh, I figure if uh, anybody I know knows the answer to that, that's going to be Bria. Um, you know what? I'm personally, um, because again, I'm fairly young in the industry, I'm not entirely sure. I would love to see um, that kind of importance be transition through the author um but i think it really depends on how google treats um authorship and google plus in the coming years because we've seen so many major changes to its ranking and a value in the last year that i, I think it's a little premature to kind of decide what it's going to be like now especially okay. with um, new properties coming out so quickly okay well just you know for the for the fun of speculation ryan or jeff can you see google using um author trust as a positive ranking signal. I can totally see that happening. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people in our industry have been predicting that, and I can completely see them going in that method. It's, you know, you built up a reputation on one site, and, you know, one thing the Internet's really bad at right now is I got this great reputation on this one site. 
well, now I'm on this other site. How do I transfer that reputation? I got to start all over as, you know, a non-authoritative figure. And I think, you know, authorship is Google's attempt to solve part of that problem. Yeah, not a, I mean, not only can I see them doing it, I'm really hoping for it. Because um, I, I really, I mean, I seriously, I mean, we're we're all in the same batch here. I mean, we we all um, we do very similar things. We speak at shows. We um, we write guest blogs for the trades. We do all this kind of stuff. And um, you know, outside of just the the overall uh, you know increase of awareness of us as a brand, as a person, um, you know, um, it's one of the things where like you're going, yeah, but that has the like. Uh, that has to mean something else um, to the algorithm in a lot of ways, and and I, I it's not really there in, in a lot of ways. I mean, there's there's ways that it's you know around the bend where you know oh sure this person's a good a good writer or he's well known in the industry and that gets you uh, other links and that gets you other kind of stuff down the road, but it's it's not. It's not solid. It's something where you, you want it to be very specific to going. Hey, look, Danny Sullivan wrote this, and it's it's. Bible. Matt Cutts wrote this, and it's that's all there is to it. I mean, you you want those kind of things to where, like, you know, the fact that you're respected and the fact that you've built this up is going to be worth something. And it's so yeah. Otherwise, well, it's worthless. Dave, you said you've seen an increase in clicks that you attribute yep. to authorship, and one can say that you know more click throughs to your site is certainly a ranking signal. So we can extrapolate that you know through extenuating circumstances. This is positive for your rankings, but beyond greater click-throughs, have you seen any direct evidence that authorship has uh, either improved rankings or um, for 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 the for the site or for specific pages in the site? Uh, personally, I haven't. No, um, and I, I think it would be a, a really uh, slippery and dangerous slope for them to go that route. Because uh, we saw what happened as soon as that green bar appeared, right? It just it was, it was absolute <laughs> chaos, and you're going to Wild West. Well, I, I think Google would be really uh, hard-pressed to be forced to basically turn authorship into a, and you know what would happen, a purchasable commodity, uh, which is, I think, what would happen if it... Pardon me? They're, 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 you know their new little social media bot, they'd give it a 9.5 or a 10. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they just like that. Um, I mean, I, it, I'm not hard pressed to to see if if it did directly in, impact rankings. To see an environment where okay, and I can buy the authorship of these articles over there on this trusted site. You, you know, it would happen on this edu. I'm now buying authorship for other people's work and and stuff like that. Um, so I think that'd be a real slippery slope for them to head down. Uh, but you're right, click throughs will. But at the same time, that click through is only going to be helpful if the user doesn't bounce and actually sits and enjoys the piece that is written, so they're, they're pretty much guaranteed that if it is going to have a positive impact, um, that it's because you are trustable as an author. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's like a, it's a classic correlation causation kind of thing where um, it, it's one of the things where, uh, and, and a couple of people got in trouble with uh, recent studies on this where they basically said, hey, look, the, the Google uh, Google Plus Plus ones, you know, um, they help with ranking or all this kind of stuff where they basically say, hey, this is it. And the problem is, is what they're what they're forgetting when they do these kind of studies is that while the plus ones is, a, you know, it's like, oh, it correlates to this, but it's not a cause for it, is that they're forgetting that the reason you're getting those plus ones and the reason you're getting clicks on authors and a bunch of other stuff is because what you're doing is actually deserving of those clicks for the most part or mostly deserving of the, the plus ones. You know, there's ways to game it, sure, but it's one of the things where, like, for the most part, that's the reason why that exists. And so it's easy to make that leap to going, oh, it must be the plus one that's doing it, and they completely forget 
forget about the fact and go, no, it's the fact that it's great content and it was well built. And this is, I mean, it's like, it, it's just such a weird leap. And, and the authorship is a very similar thing where it's like you're getting those clicks because you're a badass and what you write is well known and it's, you know, it, whatever. But it's, uh, but that's still, uh, a ten, that's still tangential to the actual ranking signal, which is the clicks themselves. Right. I think, okay. Go for it, Ryan. But we're down to our last two minutes. Go for it quickly. Got it. So I think we've all been around this industry long enough to know that if it can be gamed, we're going to game it, and try like hell to game it. <laughs> I think uh, I think authorship kind of polices itself because no matter what I do, I can't escape the fact that my photo is right there next to that content. So Jim may be a really big authority in SEO and marketing. But all of a sudden, if Jim starts writing refinance your house while playing poker online before your Viagra kicks in articles, all of a sudden that authority is going <laughs> to go down, doesn't? right? <laughs> and, and, you know, when you bring in stuff like Hummingbird and the, the recent algorithm changes, Google's getting pretty good at knowing topics and topical authority and knowing the, un, the meaning of topics, not just strings and words. So, yeah, Jim might have 100 SEO articles and one refinance your house and poker online article. And all of a sudden, you know, his authority is going to go down or maybe it's smart enough to know he's an authority in SEO, but not so much in online poker. So I think it kind of polices itself. And I think, you know, you can buy a bunch of articles, but it's only your face that's going to end up next to a bunch of poker articles. Okay. uh, Last words, uh, starting with Bree. What do you think? Uh, Authorship to the client or to the writer? I'm inclined to go to the writer. Ryan? Uh, I think it's dependent on the client. I think they get to make the call. Okay, Jeff. Depends on the contract. Okay, folks. So we're all in the same position we were before. <laughs> we are. <laughs> you know Not bending on this. Yeah, but we also have a little bit more clarity on the issue, too. And for that, I got to thank Bria Jordan from Digital Always Media, Ryan Jones from Sapient Nitro, and Jeff Ferguson from uh, Fang Digital Interactive. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on Thanksgiving. Thank you. Dave. We did it. We did a, a full hour on Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, we sure did. We're at work today. Let's face it. Like this is a real day here in Canada, up here in the uh, great snowy north. Um, uh, I guess we just got to take it out on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk from Beanstalk SEO. That's Dave at BeanstalkSEO.com. We want to wish you a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Do not drink and drive. Chill out till you're sober. Have a designated driver. Get home safe. And uh, we will talk to you next week. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Jim at Digital Always Media. This has been Web College and Webmaster Radio.fm. Stay tuned for the news. And uh, again, we'll be back live next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.